Our passage this morning is Romans 8, and 10 through 14. And so look at that this morning. You know, we often talk about giving credit where credit is due. You know, that's a kind of a saying that we use a lot of time. Let's give credit where credit is due. And of course, we all know what that means. It means we want to be recognized by every good deed that we've ever done, right? It means we want the credit for whatever thing that we've done. And, and so uh, when we talk about that, that uh, um, we so much want people to look at what we've done and say, man, you did a good job, or, 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 or get that pat on the back. And it, it's a struggle for us, isn't it? It's, it's a, how, what does that look like? How do, we, how do we live this out, to live this out in such a way that uh, we live this? You know, in, in, in this passage, as we've, we've read through it, Paul has, has constantly been, been contrasting life and death in chapter 8 so much. You know, you look back through there, and in, in uh, um, so many ways, so many times, he, he, he's referred to it in verse 2. He talked about, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. We have this life and death. And in verse 6, for to set your mind on the flesh is death, but to set your mind on the spirit is life. Verse 10, and which is part of reading and following, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his, through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, this, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. So how is it then that we live in this with, with this you know battle between the struggle between life and death? Do we do it in such a way that that we give God the credit, the glory, which is another way? How do we do this in a way that we worship God as we're living this out? Uh, how does that mean for us? And how, what does it look like in our lives as we live this out to be this debtor to this to this Holy Spirit? And it, it's such a, a, a challenge and a calling and a, for, a, a, I think, a problem for us. Um, you know, we, we've even found ways to, I think I've even found ways, and I, I take this, this very personal to even do it away, and I can even make it, take credit for it in such a way that I can sound spiritual. You know, it's, it's um, scary. Um but as Paul deals with this in Romans, this chapter Romans 8, that's so great. As, we, as we're living in this place between there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And, and Paul is in the middle of this and as he's trying to give us warning, as he's trying to give us clarity. To how, do, how do we hold on to this truth? How do we live this out every day in such a way that we're, 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 we're balanced between life and death that he, he's speaking of. How do we do that? Last week we talked about the power that animates our lives, namely the Holy Spirit. That Paul, As Paul talked about that, that it, 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 and you can, I can almost hear Paul saying this, you know, if, if 
The Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. You know, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that same one who did that, who dwells within you, He's the one who gives you life in your mortal bodies. And, and Paul told just, just how, how incredible it is to think about that. To think that, what does that mean for us? That, that the same person who, 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 and it is a person, not a power, but the same person who, who, who spoke and, and, and gave, brought power to Christ and raised him from the dead is dwelling within us. It's an amazing concept. Really, that one, he is, he is giving life to your mortal body. This is the power that animates us. This is the power that gives our, our the, that that allows our mortal bodies to move. This is the power that gives us the ability to do and to will every good thing that, that Paul talks about in Philippians. Philippians 2, 12 and 13, when he's talking about your salvation, Paul wrote, Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For or because it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He said that power, that Holy Spirit is working in us to will and to work. And so Paul starts off this as we go into this, going further in this this week. He said, so then because of this because this is the power that's at work in us this is the power the power that's resurrected jesus christ because this is the power at work in us so then brothers we have we are debtors we are debtors this person this third person of trinity has animated and our and, and infused our bodies with power so we walk not according to the flesh, trying to please God in our own actions. No, we're, we're not trying to, because of this power, because this is what's doing, it, it, we're not trying to walk and in, 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 in trying, to, trying to earn favor with God. We've been changed because of this. But, but it's indwelled us, and, and it's produced fruit in our lives, and we're debtors to this. And so what does that mean for us? How do, how do we live this out? How, what is it? Do you feel that weight this morning? Do you feel that weight of being a debtor to the Holy Spirit? For just for just a second, just say, I want us to stop and just think about what does that mean for us to feel the weight of being a debtor. What does that look like for us? How do we go out from there? I think first we have to make sure we understand what, what it means we're a debtor. Now, Paul does not mean that we are to pay back what we're given. That he does not mean that 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 somehow is it's not like a debt that we're you know if I, if I borrow a hundred dollars from from Jack I'm a debtor and I have to pay Jack back a hundred dollars that's not what Paul means here that that's, that's that would be inconsistent with the whole idea of the gospel I think to understand this I think we need to look at a, at a story about debt and forgiveness of debt Matthew eighteen 
So take a minute and flip back to Matthew 18. We're going to read this passage. It's a very long, kind of a long passage talking about forgiveness, about a debtor. And I think looking, by looking at the negative, we have a better understanding of what a positive, what it means to be a debtor in this. In Matthew 18, starting at verse 21, Peter came, it writes that Matthew wrote, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother, how often will my, my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I did not say seven times, but seventy-seven times. And then he tells a story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with the servants. And when he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and the payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him his debt. Now, question real quick. Was the debt forgiven? Yeah. The debt really was forgiven. The, the king really did say, your, your debt is forgiven. It's gone. You do not owe me. You can walk with this knowledge of knowing that you once in debt to me, now you're not. You, 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 there's this, you really I have, you don't have to pay it back. I'm, I'm not expecting any more money from you. It's, it's gone. But, Verse 28, when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his, so his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put in prison until he should, until he should pay the debt. Now, here was a servant that had his debt forgiven. But he didn't walk in the power of that forgiveness. He did, he didn't, he didn't, he did not give, God, give the king the glory the king deserved. He didn't give king the credit that the king deserved. Here was, he was in the same place. Here was this other person in the same place. And he didn't, he didn't give him the forgiveness that he had been given. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to the master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So, my heavenly, so also my heavenly Father will do to, to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your, own, from your heart. So here it is. You are to, he said, you're, you're to be different. You're to be changed. Your, your debt was forgiven. You, you're, to, you're to live in that. You're to, to live in that with others. To show that forth. But you didn't. You did not forgive your brother. From your heart. In truth, though, on our own, none of us can forgive our brothers from our own heart. And this is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, So then, brothers, we are debtors, 
Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. We're debtors to the Spirit. We're debtors to that power of God. We're debtors to the Holy Spirit living in us. It changes us. So when we have this debt, the most natural thing to say is we're going to try and start paying it back. So we have this debt, so we're going to try and start doing it. We'll start, oh, I've got a debt, so I'm going to try to start doing all these things right. So Paul's very quick to remind us that in our natural selves, we're like the servant in Matthew 18. We have a debt. So let's go out and start charging others so we can begin earning money to pay it back. And so we can't pay it back in the flesh by walking in the flesh. Why? For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. It's hard to pay back a debt when you're dead. Remember, it's impossible to please God in the flesh. So this is how useless our flesh is in all things spiritual. In all things spiritual, our flesh is absolutely useless. Paul goes on, and how, what, how does it look like for us to live in this debt, to be under this debt? So we know that we cannot pay it back in the flesh. We know we cannot go out, and, and we, ha we have this debt. We are debtors to the Spirit. But it's not a debt that we go out and say, okay, I'm going to start doing all these things so I can pay you back, God. I'm going to, I'm going to, I owe this debt, so, so I'm going to start going back to church to pay you back. Or I'm going to, I'm going to start reading my Bible so as to pay you back. As we've talked before, that's flesh. So then how do we do this? How do we live? How do we live between the life and death? How do we balance this? As Paul brought us to this point. And he says, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. This is how we live. This is how we have that balance between life and death. This is how it looks like for us to live under that debt, to pay it back. We put to death the deeds of the body. Now, it's so often, I think the temptation, you see it so often, people, when people talk about putting to death the deeds of the body, there's the temptation to take this to carnal action. You know, so, so you often you'll see and, and, and read where people take this and says, what it means here is you need to put to death the sinful deeds that you've done, the deeds of the flesh, that, that sinful actions you've done, and no longer sinned. And, and, and certainly, you know, this is how you put to death the sinful action of life, by the Spirit. And, and Paul went to great lengths and discussed this in chapters 4, 5, and 6. I just don't believe he's going back to that, though. He's not going back and talking about, when he talks about putting to death the deeds of the body, He's in, I don't believe in Paul's mind he is talking about those sinful actions. Because like I said, he's already, he's already discussed those. So what, is this, what, it, what does it mean then to put to death the deeds of the body? If it's not talking about those, those sinful actions, and I think given the context from the rest of chapter 8, I believe that Paul is speaking about the actions that we, that we think we're doing for God. See, because I think that's 
that's really the place we're really struggling so often to get credit. We want credit for the things we're doing for God. We want God to look at us and say, man, you, man you're doing a great job for me. We want each other to look at us and say, and isn't he such a great person? Isn't he a great Christian? Isn't he, isn't, he, isn't he living this out right? Isn't he doing these things? And I really should be a little more transparent and honest. This is I do this. I, I want people to say, man, have the great sermon you preached, brother. That was great. I want people to say that. And, and when I don't hear it, when I don't hear it, you know, then I'm thinking, oh, man, I, I really messed up. I really didn't, I, I didn't do well. I want people to say, oh, I'm proud of you for doing this or doing that. And see, I think this is where, th these are the deeds in the body that Paul wants us to put to death. That, that, we're, that we're trying to get credit for these things. We're trying to, 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 get, to get praise for these. We're trying to get all the, all the you know, giving credit where credit's due. So by the Spirit, you take all the deeds you do and all the actions you've done and you give them over to God. Turn them over to Him. In other words, Paul is kind of saying what he said in Galatians 5, 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Since, since, we, since we believe that it's the Spirit of God who gave us life, who infused us and gave us life, then this is also the way we live it out. The way we live is by the Spirit. So if, if it's the Spirit who's doing this, then who gets the credit? Paul went on in verse 26 in Galatians 5, let us have no self-conceit. Let us have no self-conceit. This, this building up yourself. You recognize that it was by the power of God and by the leadership of God that everything was accomplished that has been accomplished. So in everything that we do, everything we do is to be in subjection to God. Everything we do is, 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 to, is, to, is to, as, as, lead, as he leads, and that's what I said, he, so, so that you are led by God. So, so the very heart of, of putting to death the deeds of the body is to recognize just what God's doing, just the power of God, and to be led by Him. Because so he went on in verse 14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So if you're not led by Him, you're not His. We're so dependent, we have to become so dependent on Christ and Christ's leadership and everything. We're to look for him to him for every decision, every point. I watched a, a video this week of, of uh, uh, Francis Chan, and he and he was uh, do, he's doing a study through James, 
And in the end of James, <laughs> you know, we, we, most of you know the passage. He said, if, if anyone, is, if anyone is, is sick, let him pray. If anyone is rejoicing, let him pray. If anyone has, you know, has, has a problem, let him pray. The first reaction in all these things, James says, is turn to God. Recognize who he is. Recognize that all these things are in God. So let me ask you a question. And, and, and as, as, as I'm thinking for myself, how often is prayer your first and, and, and your most immediate uh, response? To every situation, to every question. You know, something happens at work. I would love to say, man, when something happens at work, my first response is, God, I need your help. I need your help in this. Or, or is it more, um, okay, I, I'm going to deal with this now. I'll get around to praying a little bit later, but I, let, me, let, me, let me deal with this right now. And I think, is that, is that being led by God? Or is that being led by me? You know? And, and, and we all struggle. I mean, I think we all struggle with this. But what would it look like for us to live so dependent upon Christ? Because in reality, we're dead or sin. We're, we're giving him all the praise and all the sins, all him. And so often, it's not him, it's us. So if we're, if we're leading on Christ, if we're, de- if we're depending on Christ and his leadership for everything, and we believe this is true, then this is what makes Bible study and the Word of God so important to us. Because God speaks to us through his Word. You know, he, 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 this is his word. This is what he's speaking to us. This is, how, this is how he's teaching us about himself. This is how he's showing us his character is in his word. Because we, we want to be led by him, right? And, and you know, it, 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 it's, so, it's so hard. Isn't it to say, "Why well, this? This is this. I'm going to be led by this, in all things, by His Word." And see, because by being led by Him, it's not a one-time action. Just like putting to death the deeds of the body, it's not a one-time action. It's not like okay, we say, "I, right, I don't be led by Him. I got that up taken care of. I got it all done." So when, when Paul says we're to put to death the deeds of the of flesh. This is, this is a constant, ongoing thing that we're to be doing. It, it, it's something we have to keep in front of us all the time. We must, we must constantly be waging this battle, struggling to, to put to death the deeds of the body. Because, you know, it's so easy to start something in the Spirit, and before you know it, it becomes a dead act that we're, we're doing in the flesh. 
I mean, it's 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 easy to start in the flesh, but 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 it's even easier, I think, sometimes to start in the spirit, and then and then we're just gonna keep doing it because man, this this is I did it before, and 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 it was it was right, so it must be right now. And you see it all the time, it's particularly in churches. You see where where one church has a program that that's really working for for that church, and you know the response then, right? If it works for them, it's going to work for us. Well, why? Why would we think that? Or, as, or Jack said, so often, you know, we don't need we don't need the Holy Spirit. We just need a good calendar. Because you know, we don't need to be led by the Spirit. We don't. You know, we just keep doing what we did before. We we st- and, and, and it's not to say what we started was bad. It's just it may not be good. It may not still be good. But God liked it then, so we're just going to keep doing it, so God will like it now. Being led by the Spirit and putting to death the deeds of the body must be an ongoing, must be a constant action in our lives. And we do this in the power of the Spirit. Do you remember the Spirit? The one we owe the debt, the one that's infused with the power of resurrection, we're to ongoingly depend on him every day. We have to constantly and consistently go back to our actions of our lives and to see if we're we're still alive. Are we still walking in the spirit in this? Or am I walking like a dead person in the flesh? I'm just doing it because I did it before and God liked it, and I'm just keep doing it. You know, there are many things in my life and your life and all of us that we're called to do by God. And I think about my life and things that, that by God's, that I believe God by His Spirit has called me and has led me to, to do. But just because I did it once doesn't mean I'm still being led. It's this constant seeking God and asking God and, and coming before God and saying, God, what would you have me to do today? Right now, how have you led me to live right now? And even and even things that 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 as I thought about this sermon, even things that I know God's led me and God has not led me to change, am I to keep doing it the same way? You know, I know that God has led me to be a husband to Carol, but is is there to be you know? I can't just rely on, well, this is, how I, this is what I was yesterday. How would God have me today, if I'm being led by him, what would, what would being her, her husband look like today in a way that honors and glorifies God? You know, am I, or am I just going through the motions? I'm, I'm a dead person. Well, she liked it yesterday, so I'm going to keep doing it today. God liked it yesterday, so I'm going to keep doing it the same way. Or maybe she didn't like it, but she didn't say anything. So that's, you know, sometimes we're, you know, as husbands, that's what you hope for, right? But what does it mean, this constantly seeking God and being led by Him? This, this, this constantly coming before Him and putting to death the deeds of the Spirit, uh, the deeds of the body. To look at it and say, you know what, God, I, 
I am a debtor to you, to that Holy Spirit. I'm a debtor to that. So, so I'm, my, my, my debt, I'm, the way I'm going to pass this debt out, the way I'm going to live this debt out is, is, is I'm going to try to bring every action in subjection to you and every, and every time say, God, it, it's your spirit and everything I do, that, that God, it's got to be your spirit who's leading me and guiding me in this. And, 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 and so, that, so that you are praised. And, and, and I think the opposite. I think the, that's that, the, the, that Matthew 18 servant, what that would look like for us to do it the way he did it is, is to take that and say, okay, I, 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 this forgiveness that I've gotten from, 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 from the Holy Spirit, to take that and say, now I'm free to do whatever I want to. And, and I can do these things. And man, look what all I can do. And I'm going to do all these things for you, God. And then you, I'm going to make you happy because I'm going to do all these things. And not recognize that it, it is that. It, it's, it's, it's God's Spirit in us. It's got to be. It's His power that, that, that brought us from death to life. It's His power that, that leads us. And, and, and this, this, this division between life and death that Paul is speaking about in Romans 8. It, 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 it's, so, it's so easy for us to, to, to get caught up one another. So we're going to have the Lord's Supper here in just a minute. Is this a dead act for us? Or is it we're doing it because we're led by the Spirit? You know, can we say when we come up to this, when we come up to this elements and we and, and we have a choice and we sit and take it and 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 is this a, is this a living act led by the spirit that, that's living in us and says, you know what, God? I believe this is this this is the picture of your body, the symbol of your body that you broke for me. And I and I understand this is my only hope. This is it. This is this is it and this this cup. This is the new covenant. And I'm gonna to testify to your death until you return. Or is it the Lord's Supper? This is what you do. You come up and take the Lord's Supper. And it's dead to us. It's a dead act that we're doing in the flesh. And you know, I thought about as as a, um, a confession. You know, even I say that, I thought, you know, as one of the leaders of the church, did I, when's the last time I stopped and prayed and said, is this what God would still have? Is this it? Does God still want us to do it the first Sunday of every month? When's the last time we, you know, and this is a burden on me, on, on you too, Jack. You know, you know. When's like, have we sit and said, you know, have we, are we are still, are we still praying? God, is this what you would have us do today, or have we just, has it become a habit for us that we're just okay? This is when you do it. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying this is my my confession to you. I don't know that I have taken the time to pray about that. And I do believe this is when God had us set it up. I really do. I just, I just, how often should we take this out and say, God, is this really, 
You know, if, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm sitting here preaching to you about making this a constant, ongoing part of your life, I have to confess, I'm looking at the things in my life and thinking, hmm, am I making this an ongoing part of my life? And as as leader of the church, you know, this, this, now, and, and, and the reality is, Am I constantly led by God? No. I know that. But I want to. I want to. I need God's... So this this, this ideal of putting to death the deeds of the body, it, Paul uses this ongoing, continual verb for this. This is something we do. We are to be constantly doing. Taking those things out of our life and examining them. God, what would you have me to be doing? How would you have me to do it? Yes, I, I, you know, you called me to be a teacher at Merrill Christian School, but how how would you have me do it today? You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of. I think one of the things I'm really pleased with is is uh, as a teacher, they make us yearly sign contracts. We get a one year contract. And so yearly, it's one of those things where, all right, is this still what God's called me to? But I think, um, you know, whether it's, um, you know, Bible study or whatever, is it, is it, God, how would you have me to do it? Is there, if I brought my whole life in front of you today, and if I, if I, if I started today fresh with no traditions before I had it yesterday, just today, how would you have me do it? Will look different or the same? And what would and I think this is it may be exactly the same, and I pray that it would be. Or it may be different. But but are we are we living in subjection to that? And and by doing this, are we giving God the credit and the glory and deser- that he deserves? Or in other words, are we worshiping God in this? Or are we do it in such a way that we get the credit.